0: You're listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast in the LA Church. Welcome to prayer this morning, praying through the Word of God this morning. We're looking forward to what God has prepared for our hearts this morning as we seek Him. And uh, giving us a good word this morning, as His word is always good, to seek Him this morning in prayer. For, um, for just to seek Him and to seek Him for His people and to seek Him for these times. Amen. So we'll be opening up this morning in Isaiah chapter 12. We will resume Ezra next week. But um, this morning we will be in Isaiah chapter 12 and um, definitely looking forward to what the Lord has this morning. So I'll open up in a word of prayer and then we will read our scripture and seek the Lord through his word. Father, we just thank you this morning and we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for such a beautiful day and morning, Father God. We thank you for another day of your faithfulness and your goodness, Father. We thank you, Father God, through everything, my Lord, we are able to still enjoy your beauty Father God Father God Lord Jesus to see your glory every day and every morning Father God as we look Father God Lord Jesus all around us Father God and we get to see Father your hand and your craftsmanship Father God and your masterpiece that you created my God Father God as fallen as it may be Father God but Lord it is still so beautiful Father because Lord you created all creation my God and Father God it was all Father God to bring you glory Lord Jesus and Father, we are just so grateful this morning, my God, that Father, Lord, we are able to be a part, Father God, Lord Jesus, of all that you have done, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and for your love, Father, for your grace and your mercies, Father God. We thank you for your discipline, my God. We thank you, Father God, that Lord, you are a perfect God, a holy God, and that, Father God, you, do, you never change, my God. But, Father God, you always make a way, Lord. And you made that way through your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, Father, we come to you today, Father God, thanking you, Lord, as we are reminded, Father God, as Father God, we are just encouraged this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, Father. Forgive us of all unrighteousness. Forgive us of our, Father, our own ways, my God. Forgive us, Lord God, of resisting you, Lord, in your work, my God. Forgive us of rebellion and disobedience. Forgive us, Father God, of our sins. We ask you this morning and we humble our hearts this morning, Lord. We submit ourselves unto you, Lord Jesus, and we confess our sins, Lord. Father God, as a body of Christ, Lord God, individually, Lord God. For Lord, we know it is a matter of the heart, my God, when we come together to seek you, Lord. And Father, today, my God, we are coming together acknowledging, Lord, that we have all fallen short and we're all in need of your forgiveness, my God. Because in that, Father God, we, Father, come together, Lord, seeking you, Lord God. Father, looking to you and only you, Lord Jesus. Because, Lord, you are the only one that can meet that need, and you are the only one that has ever met that need, my God. And, Father God, because of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, you are still today the one that can meet that need in everyone's life, Lord Jesus. That that place, my God, Lord, of separation from you, Lord. But, Father, this morning we thank you, Lord God, for that forgiveness that we have in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask you today to forgive us, to wash us, to cleanse us, Lord. Forgive us of all unrighteousness and uncleanliness, Father. Forgive us of our own self-righteousness, of our pride and our arrogance, Father. Forgive us of our sins this morning, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, in all these ways that have caused us to sin against you and to sin against one another, my God. As, a bro- as brothers and sisters in Christ, and also, Father, to sin against our neighbors, my God, because, Lord, of our lack, Father God, of repentance, because of our disobedience and rebellion, because of our resistance of your Holy Spirit, my God, we ask you to forgive us this morning. And, Father God, with that same forgiveness we ourselves receive, we forgive those that have sinned against us. We forgive, Lord Jesus, my God, Lord, as you have forgiven us, Lord. Father, those that we have Hold anything against this morning, my God. Bitterness, frustration, disappointment, my God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we forgive this morning, my God. Because we ourselves have been forgiven, Lord. And we just thank you this morning, my God. That, Father, we could, Lord, live in this joy, my God, of forgiveness, my God. Of that right standing, being justified, Lord, in you, Lord Jesus. Because, Lord, of all that you have done, my God. Father, we are so grateful this morning today, and we just thank you, Lord, as Father, as we continue to seek you this morning through your word. Father, lead us and guide us by your spirit. Lead us according to your word. Teach us through your word, my God. And we just thank you this morning, Heavenly Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we're looking at Isaiah chapter 12 this morning, and it's amazing how you'll see it one way, but then the Lord will just say, no, but this is the way I want you to see it in its reality and the truths of where this word is coming from today. And the book of Isaiah, as we all know, if you've ever read the book of Isaiah, and this is one of actually one of my favorite books of the Bible, is when you look at the book of Isaiah, this is a very strong, there's very strong words, but in the midst of these words, there's always hope. There's always a reminder of how good he is, and there's always a reminder of when his people turn back to him, the joys and the blessings of it. So this word we're about to read today is actually a word that is found in the midst of the Lord dealing with a people, a people whose hearts have basically just turned away from him. And this is a lot of what the message that Isaiah brings. He's dealing with a lot of people whose hearts have turned away from him, that maybe have an outward appearance of religion but inwardly their hearts are far from God. And Isaiah is challenged with the message to bring forth, to turn the hearts back to God, to remind them of the love that God has for them and all that he has done for them. So this is a very challenging message that he has brought, you know, given to give. But as he said before, here I am, Lord, send me. And this is what he has sent to do. So as we look at this message, it is a, It is a good word. It is a joyful word. But remember when this word is being spoken, it's being spoken in such a time of people whose hearts are far from God or have turned from God or have been distracted and have lost their way. It's also known as a psalm for Israel when they've come to acknowledge their king in the second coming, talking about that millennial reign when the Lord Jesus returns. But the beautiful thing is we don't have to wait until the second coming of the Lord because we choose to believe this now. We choose to believe what Christ has already done for us and we know that his return is soon. Yes, and he will come and reign in that millennial reign. And this is what this scripture is referring to when Israel turns back to God and acknowledges him and is also in that kingdom But again, we're coming from a place today that we already believe this to be so. And we do not, we're not waiting to just when the Lord returns, but we're believing and trusting the Lord now. So verse 1 in Isaiah chapter 12 says, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. How many of us know that we were all enemies of Christ? The Bible says that we were at enmity with Christ. So let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8 through 10 here. And it says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ Died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. And that word just justify is just to render righteous, to be in right standing with God. And it's because of what Christ Jesus did for humanity and for those who put their faith and believe and accept and receive this word, they are now standing righteous before a holy God. And not only that, but also holy set apart unto the Lord for his purpose. And he did all this while we were still enemies of him, as we were at enmity. And that word enmity is a positive, active, and typically mutual hatred, an ill will towards God is what we had before we acknowledged his son. Maybe it wasn't with our words because we, maybe we believed in God or we believed in something higher, but yet we choose not to acknowledge his love and what he had done for us. Maybe it wasn't our words in a sense that we told God that we didn't like him or we hated him or anything like that. But maybe it was in a sense of it was our actions and how we live proving otherwise. And the things we did. And the lies that we've told. And the way we've treated one another. And the corruption and the wickedness of our hearts. And because of that, we were at enmity with God. Separated. And this message here, he is sharing in hope for Israel, saying, this is you, but there will come a day where you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, you turned your anger turned away that you might comfort me. And even though he's talking to Israel for the second coming, but this is for us today. This is for every Jew or Gentile, every nationality, every race who chooses to put their faith in Christ today. That the anger of the Lord, the wrath of God, is no longer upon us. Because we are comforted in Christ. We acknowledge our sin, we acknowledge our need of a Savior And now we're able to have peace with God. Verse two says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. If we believe this today, then he is our salvation. Salvation is deliverance, victory. So in a sense, we could say, behold, God is my deliverance. God is my victory. I will trust and not be afraid that no matter what happens, Lord, I don't have to look at it, well, God, you hate me, or God, you're angry with me, because if I have put my faith in Christ, that is not so. And even when there was a time it was to grab my attention to bring me to God so I can acknowledge his love and receive his forgiveness and come into a right standing relationship with him through his son, Jesus. So even then there was a purpose to draw humanity to him, that they might acknowledge him, that they might look to him. And though it was a choice for all of us and though it is a choice for many today to choose to reject it. That is the love of God that he would give humanity free will to say you can choose to believe it or not. But whether you choose to believe it or not, it's still done for you and it's still there for you. And that love is there for you. And Israel will come to a day where they will believe and know this and many will turn as many are turning today. But it's talking about the nation And we can trust and not be afraid today because we know who our God is. And it goes on to say, for the Lord God, and that Hebrew word is referring to Yah or Jah, "Jah," the self-existent one, refers to him in these names, is my strength and my song. That joy, bringing that song of deliverance, wow, Lord, you've, delivered me you've set me free god you are god almighty there is no other like you and in that you are my strength and my song and he has become my salvation so he is my salvation but he's also become my salvation because it's one thing to hear the message and say wow He is the victory. He is salvation. But to become my salvation, I have to know it for myself. And I have to come into a relationship with him that I can know oh, he has now become my salvation. He has become my victory, my deliverance. Do we believe this this morning? Then we can rejoice now. We don't have to wait. And to the second coming, though we look to him to return, but we don't have to wait to get there because we're there already in him. Verse three says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Time and time again, God has been so merciful to us. So, so much grace, so much love, Forgiveness. He's never given up on us, and he never will. He continues to work through our lives. He continues to show time and time again how much he loves me and you, how much he loves this world. And it's because of that we have provision in Christ. We can always come to the foot of the cross. We can always come to the Father. We can always seek him in our time of need, but not just in our time of need and every moment recognizing I'm always in need of you, Lord, because you are all that I need. And again, this word is for the nation of Israel saying you will come to this place, you will know this one day and you will believe this. But yet this message, as we're hearing it today, we're looking at like, man, well, I know this. I believe this. He has become my salvation. But as this message is going forth, that is not so with the people. The people are hearing it, but they're not listening to it. But thank God that his word is alive and faithful and that this word will come to pass. And it has come to pass in every believer who has put their faith in Christ today. We're here today because of this word and the faithfulness to God's word. And we could have joy this morning as we draw from the wells of salvation. Because it's not just forgiveness, but it's his grace. It's his mercy. It's his love. It's the gifts. It's everything that he has given us to live a life for what he saved us for. A life of holiness to be set apart for his purpose. But the forgiveness is there for when we fail, which we know we do. And in verse 4, he says, And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Tell him there will come a day when you will preach the good news and tell others of how God and all that God has done for you. That is our responsibility today to already go and tell others, and today to continue to proclaim that all that God has done for us. Verse 5 says Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. We have a responsibility to make this known, to sing rejoicing and praising unto God for all that He has done now. There will go. But again, these people didn't have a heart for God, they weren't looking for God, their hearts were far from God. And because of that, God would bring judgment, God would do, would bring, allow things to come into their lives. But again, it was to draw them back to him. So they would acknowledge him and all that he had did for them and done for them and how much he loved them and still loves them as he loves all humanity today. The question is today, and our prayer this morning is, is this message and this word still going forth to a people whose hearts are far from God? Is this word still going forth today to many? I'm not talking to to the world. I'm talking to fellow Christians, those that are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Is there still that joy today? Is there still that joy today to come together to seek the Lord? Do we still have this joy today or are our hearts far from God and we hear a message of hope, but because we're not focused, do we still have that joy today? Are many still going to church today? Or are they just happy because the doors are open, they can get out of the house? Or are they going to church to seek the Lord? Are people joyous to go to church today because of the great band, because of the great preacher, or because of the great programs, or because they could get rid of their kids for a little while, or whatever it may be? Or we a people that are coming to the Lord and coming to the house of God to seek God and who he is? Because we're thankful and we're joyous and we're rejoicing together for all that he has done. Our prayer this morning is that the Lord will touch our hearts and wake us up as a church and return our hearts back to him. Or has it just become so easy to say good word, good message, but continue to live how we want? I'll tell you, this word this morning shook me up because that's not (laughs) what I thought was intended to bring forth this morning. But this is our prayer this morning, that we would return back to a place here. Because even though Israel's heart was far from God, we as a church know better. We as believers know better because we know the outcome of this. We can look back and learn from what, what the mistakes that were made. We can look back and see ourselves and say, God, that is me. You were speaking to me. The reason why I love the book of Isaiah is because I see myself there. And it reminds me of how far I could fall or slip or times in my heart where the Lord is dealing with. Because it reminds me to continually repent, Lord. And in the midst of it all, God always speaks a word of hope. Always points to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in verse 6, it says, Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. He is saying, shout! And sing for joy, oh, inhabitant of Zion. That word inhabitant can also be seen as to abide. How many of us know that we are to abide in Christ Jesus? To abide in Zion, the inhabitant of Zion, those that belong, those that live, that are apart, referring to Jerusalem. But we are in the presence of God. We belong to God, so therefore we can shout and sing for joy because we know for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. We have in our midst the Holy One of Israel, God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ is in our midst because he lives in me and you. See, preaching about the temple of God was never meant to get to a place to say, well, I can do it on my own. It's to remind ourselves that, yes, we are always in the presence of the Lord. We have the presence of the Lord living within us. But it should never take away from our need from one another. And our need to come together to praise the Lord. To seek the Lord together. Because through everything, how beautiful this message is, through all that was going on. But how beautiful of a message it is of hope that God gave his people. And such a beautiful message today that the Lord is giving us in such hard times. But no matter what happens, let us continue to praise the Lord. Let us continue to worship the Lord. Let us continue to thank Him because we know this now. We don't have to wait. We're not looking, well, where is the Messiah? No, we have Him now. And I love something I read about this, about creation. It said, even though the earth is cursed because of sin, because when the fall of man came in, the earth was also subject to that sin. But even though this earth is fallen, how many of us know we could still enjoy its beauty? Because we can look to the heavens, we can look all around us and see God's beauty even in a fallen world. Imagine a land that is restored to its natural state for what God intended it to be. How beautiful it must have been in that Garden of Eden before the fall of man and how beautiful it will be at the restoration of all things. Well, think about it this way. That even in a fallen world today, even in a fallen world today, we can still see God's beauty and his grace and his love and his mercy in one another today. Even in a fallen state, we could see the beauty of God because of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ today. But how much greater it will be when all things are restored, including humanity, and when all things are restored to the glory of God, and he's reigning in that thousand-year millennium and to the day of all eternity. But we can enjoy the beauty of God now. One person put it that this last verse of Isaiah chapter 6 is their hallelujah. And how many of us know that we have a hallelujah? No matter what, through it all, we can always shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This morning, this is our prayer. That we would continue in that hallelujah continually praising the Lord. And our prayer this morning is that our hearts would return back to the living God. We as a church, as a body of Christ. And that we would see the beauty of God within one another. That we would not look to who we don't want to see or what we don't like or what we don't agree with, but that we would come together and seek the Lord because he is God. And he's because he has become our salvation. And that's the place we are praying from today, because the Lord has become our salvation. If he has not become your salvation. Maybe he just is salvation. You believe him to be that salvation, but he's not yours then today is the day of salvation. That you can know the Lord for yourself. And maybe our hearts and your heart turned from the Lord and is far from him today. But our prayer is this morning that the hearts of his people would turn back and there would be joy in the people of God to want to sing praises to him and thank him for all that he has done. This is our prayer this morning. We'll ask you to continue to pray with us online as we shut down until the 1045 service. We'll see you back then. You know that even when you're invited to a family party, you don't necessarily always have to go. Oh, but it's my family. (laughs) Oh, but it's my friends. Oh, but it's my boss. Yeah, it's probably a very, very rare one, but it does happen. (laughs) But you realize you don't have to do anything. You can choose to say, no, I'm not telling you to say no. (laughs) But I'm saying it's still a choice because an invitation is just an invitation. It's up to you whether you choose to accept that invitation. Salvation is there for all. But it's a choice to accept the invitation of salvation. And today as we take communion, we are taking this communion because we've accepted that invitation of salvation. We've accepted and acknowledged all that Christ has done for us. We've accepted and acknowledged our need for Christ and why it was necessary for him to die on that cross over 2,000 years ago. And when we're doing this today, we're doing this in remembrance and thankfulness. Lord, thank you for all that you have done. But also, in a sense, when we do this together, we're also remembering that we're not doing it alone. You could look to the side, you could look to the front, you could look to the back today, and you could see that there are others here today and others that are watching with us today that have chosen the same invitation, chosen to accept that same invitation that we ourselves did as well. And there could be many more today that accept that invitation of salvation today. So when we do this, we're not just doing this so we can be saved. This doesn't save you. So if you are choosing today to take communion because you believe that by doing it, it makes you saved, you're wrong. Don't do it. Because this is just a remembrance. This has this is nothing to do with your salvation. It's just a remembrance of what he did for your salvation. It's identifying yourself with Christ. The power is in the heart of Repentance. The salvation is in the heart of repentance, acknowledging who Jesus Christ is to you. Not because you came to church today does that save you. Don't think because you're here today, you're watching online today. Oh, well, then God is cool with me today because I I reverence him today. God's not looking for that, God is looking for your heart. Because he wants you to know him. He wants you to know how much he loves you and how much he has done for you. And how faithful he wants to be to you. How good he wants to be to you. So you can have that relationship with him today. See, I'm only here today because of what Christ Jesus did for me. Many of us are only here today because of Christ's Jesus, what he did for us today. This is a relationship, not a religion. But even many times we could say we have a relationship, but it's a long distance relationship, therefore it's still a religion. Because what good is a relationship if I don't know him? What good is a relationship if I'm not seeking him? What good is the relationship if I'm not listening out for him? That's not a real relationship. Because there is no such thing as a long-distance relationship with God. That's why for every believer, we have an opportunity to receive his Holy Spirit. So we don't have to have a long-distance relationship. We can have an intimate relationship with him personally, every moment of our lives. But that's up to you if you choose to believe that this morning. We sang hallelujah this morning because we believe that, right, Brother Santos? We sang how great is our God this morning because we believe that this morning. question is do you believe this this morning god loves you too much to let you leave here today without knowing how much he loves you and even if you've been serving the lord for a long time no matter what you have gone through or faced just know today that god loves you he's never stopped loving you he'll never stop loving you and he'll never give up on you he is patient he is patient Because all he wants is your hearts. So this morning as we take communion, these are some things that we need to weigh upon our heart this morning. Lord, how am I in my relationship with you today? Lord, where do I stand today in this relationship? Because we should always come to a place within our relationships where we have to examine where are we at in this relationship. Because until we pinpoint that, then we cannot get better at it. We cannot grow in that relationship. Are we willing to do so today as we take communion this morning? And let us come with a heart of repentance and thanksgiving and thankfulness for all that the Lord has done for us today. Pastor Pat, can you want to pass this out, please? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take one of Yeah. Um, They can come up and get them. Well, actually, no, we'll pass them out. let Letty? pass them out. I told everybody today, you know, I've been standing the last couple of services. I've been real tired, so I'm going to sit down today. Is that cool? Go home. My feet are all hurting and stuff, and you guys are like, man, my feet are not hurting from sitting down all day. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just playing. Don't worry. You could take your mask off to eat the communion. It's gonna be a little hard with them. <laughs> <Gotta get scary. laughs> They're a little tricky, guys. So, just a little plastic piece on the top, and then the little part afterwards. I didn't get it on my first try. you Father God well thank you Lord Jesus amen so today as we take communion we're just remembering that all that Christ has done for us and the reason why we're able to do this together today is because of what Christ did for us We're able to do this as a family of God, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, not because me and you met some type of criteria or because we're always good or because we always say the right thing or do the right things. We're all here today and able to do this together and those joining us online because of our faith in Christ Jesus and all that he has done for us. And this communion is a remembrance of that and how he fulfilled the prophecy and all the words that were spoken from long ago. All the festivals and everything that was done in the time of Israel, it was all now fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And we no longer have to go back to those things because now we, it's all found in Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the law and of everything else with it. And because we believe in Jesus, We are made righteous in him today. So as we take this communion, we are just remembering all that he has done for us. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for this bread. We thank you, Father God, for your body that was given, Lord Jesus, for our sins, my God. We thank you, Father God, that it was your goodwill, my God, to crush the son, my God. That, Father God, we may have life in that sacrifice, Lord. Father God, because that sacrifice was once and for all, my God. After that, there was no more need of any animal sacrifices, my God, because, Lord, the greatest sacrifice was done on that cross, on the beating, on the scourging that your Son took for us. That punishment that should have been upon us was now placed upon your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you today, my God, because of that sin, that was placed upon him. We no longer have to walk in shame or guilt. We no longer have to live in bondage today. We no longer, Lord Jesus, have to look at our shortcomings, my God, but Lord, we can come with a heart of repentance and asking for forgiveness, Lord, because we believe, Lord Jesus, that you paid that price for us, Lord. So today, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the body that was given for us, and we do this in remembrance today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, take and eat. We take the cup. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed for us, Lord. And we thank you for the life that is in the blood, Lord. Father God, because it's in that blood, Lord Jesus, that Father, we are brought together as the body of Christ, as your children, my God. It is because of that blood that we're able to cry out, Abba, Father, Lord. The Holy Spirit that lives in us cries out, Abba, Father, Lord. And we today are able to call on you as our Father. And it was because of that blood that was shed for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for washing away our sins. We thank you, Father God, as we heard earlier, our sins are cast as far as the east is to the west, never to meet, my God. And we thank you that you choose to forget our sins, my God. And we thank you for that washing of our sins this morning. We thank you for the life that we have in you today, Lord. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, take and drink. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can give the Lord a shout this morning for that. Amen. We can remember all that God has done for us this morning. So this morning, if we could turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we're going to read verse 26 to 30. And don't worry, we'll be out of here at least by 4, 430 p.m. today. You guys good with that? you'll be out in time to catch the Sunday night football game. Don't worry. (laughs) I just want to look at a scripture here. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to 30 is what we're going to read this morning. amen it says here in verse 26 likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words how many of us have ever been in this place and how many of us are here today that it's in our weakness that the holy spirit is the one that brings us through Do you know that in your weakness that you could depend upon the Holy Spirit and he will lead you and guide you and direct you if you choose to trust him and believe and know that he is able to do so how many of us have ever been in a place that we get to a place and we don't exactly know what to pray for you know it's funny we get our food and we know what to pray for we're getting ready to head out on a trip and we know what to pray for We have an issue at work, and we know what to pray for. And I'm going to ask you to repent for that lightning that you called upon your boss. (laughs) There are many times we know what to pray for. There are many times when there's something going on in our lives, in immediate need, and we know what to pray for. But when it's hardest is when we're in that place where We don't know what to pray for because we don't exactly know what is going on in our hearts and our minds. And we have many questions of God what is going on with me? And we try to look to others and we try to blame one another. Well, maybe not here, but you know. We start to look at our spouse, we start to look at our kids, we start to look at our grandkids, we start to look at our neighbors. We start to look at our co-workers or our classmates, our friends. We start to look at everyone else except looking at that mirror at ourselves. Have you ever been there? Are you there today? Well, how many of us know that that's where it always starts? It's with you and me. And many times we could get to this place where, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray right now. I know what I should pray for, but I don't really want to pray for that. I know what I want to pray for, but I've been praying for that a long time, Lord, and uh, I don't know if it's a yes or no. But I just don't know what to pray for right now. be encouraged this morning. Stop trying to figure out what to pray and just start to thank the Lord for all that he has done. Because it's in that thankfulness that his Holy Spirit will start to lead and guide you on how to pray and what to pray for. Because it's the Holy Spirit that will intercede on behalf of you and for those around you. Verse 27 says, and he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. See, what the Holy Spirit will do is he will search your heart. If you are willing to let him search your heart. If you're willing to acknowledge and you're willing to open up your heart and allow. Some things from your own heart to be exposed and come to the light? Or if you're willing to allow some things to be dealt with in your heart today? What has been found in your hearts that you have been running from? What is in your heart today that you have been resisting and rejecting that God is trying to deal with in your life today? Could it be God? Could it be there's unforgiveness in your heart? Could it be the Lord is telling you it's time to let go and trust me? Could it be that the Lord is trying to make some changes within your life and in your heart and how you think? And how you live and what you do? but we're fighting him. But this is why it's so important to get to that place to say, Lord God, I don't know what to pray, but here I am, Lord. Search my heart. Because it's in that searching of our heart that we can be completely honest with God and confess our sins and be openly honest with God and let him know what we really feel, what we really think but then able to come to a place, but Lord, forgive me and help me through this, my God. I'm asking you for your power in my weakness, because I cannot do this alone. It's too hard, it's too overwhelming, the things that I'm seeing, the things that I'm going through, the circumstances that are so real, God, but it's just too hard. What do I do here, God? I need your help. Because I've been trying to change it. I've been trying to help. I've been trying to do. But every time I do, and it just seems to get worse, it seems to get harder. But are we willing to realize that it's because maybe we're trying to do it on our own? But remember, you're not alone. You have a Holy Spirit that lives in you. A God who loves you. A God who is for you. And as the Word of God says, if God be for you, then who can be against you? But it's in that place of acknowledgement and being able to acknowledge our weaknesses, our shortcomings, our needs. Not our desires and wants, but our need. Our need for God. It's in that place that the Lord starts to reveal our hearts and starts to lead us accordingly to pray according to his will for the saints. Where you could start to pray for somebody other than yourself or other just than those that are right directly with you but when the Lord will lead you to a place such as today where you hear so many needs of prayer requests, and now the Lord, if you're willing to allow that to weigh upon your heart, that you will continually go on in your day and in your life continually to pray for those prayer requests that are heavy upon your heart today. And that we would be willing to lay that aside and lay everything else aside for the sake of the Lord's will to be done. Because the spirit of the Lord searches the mind of Christ. He knows the heart of God and he wants to conform our hearts to be like his. To teach us how to love one another. To teach us how to care for one another. To teach us how to care for those out in this world today, your neighbor, that person in the marketplace, that person at your job for those outside just your immediate family, for those outside your church, for those in your community, in your neighborhood. To be able to pray and see somebody out there as you're driving by and the Lord just quickens your heart and you start to pray for this person, you'll never see, you'll probably never see them again. You don't know who they are, what they're going through, but the Lord has quickened your heart because you were willing to start to pray for them. because it's the Spirit of the Lord interceding on behalf of those for the saints. But that's not an easy place when you got so much going on within your life and in your heart. But see, if we choose to believe this, this next portion of Scripture in verse 28 is what it's all about. It says, and we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good. You know, it's amazing that you could show up to church today, even though you got so much going on in your life today. It's amazing for those joining us online and you here today, but you're here today no matter what's going on in your life today. Praise God for that. Because that tells me that you are trusting the Lord, knowing that he will work it all out for the good. Because he knows how to cause it and work it out for his good. So you're taking a step of faith today by being here today. You're taking a step of faith in trusting God that, Lord, though I know I got this going on today, though I wasn't probably sleeping great last night, though I know whatever may be going on awaits me, but, Lord, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to come together with the body of Christ, realizing I'm not the only one that's got something going on today. Because you could look to the right or to the left and know that each one of you today, all of us have something going on today. But we made a choice to be here today because we're choosing to say, But I trust you, God, that you're working everything out for the good of those who love you and being called according to your purpose today. You can rejoice today with that. We can rejoice together with that today. Because God's got your back. And God will take care of those things that you know need to get done. He'll give you the time for it. He'll give you the strength for it. He'll give you the peace through it. He'll give you the joy through it. He'll provide and make those provisions where it seems like there's no provision for. Because you continue to trust him. And that's what this is all about today. You are the message. We are the message today, as we always are. Because you've already accepted the invitation by being here. See, because the next portion of that scripture says, for those who are called according to his purpose. How many of you know you've been called by God? But just as a phone call, when you get on your phone... How many of us know you got to answer it? And how many of us have gotten the phone call? And many of us are doing that with God today. The Lord has been calling you and calling you and calling you. Because you're called. And that word called is to be invited. The first one, as we talked about, to obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom through Christ. You have been called by God, and because you've been called by God, He saved me and you, He died for me and you. So we can can accept that invitation which we acknowledge in remembrance today through communion. But how many of us know that even as a believer today, you still have a call on your life. You still have a choice and a free will to live out in that calling that God has for you because he just didn't save you to save you. He saved you for a purpose, his purpose. You know, there's a saying that we've heard has been around for a long time. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. The invitation's there, but nobody can force you to do it. Nobody can force you to accept the invitation. Nobody can force you. But the invitation is always there. I heard an example put this way. It's like going to a party. And I threw a party and there's a barbecue going on and I made hamburgers and hot dogs. But you show up and Brother Santos wants carne asada. Brother Santos, man. It's my party. I cry if I want to. (laughs) But I don't have carne asada. I'm sorry, Brother Santos, I got no carne asada. But I got hamburgers and hot dogs. And Brother Santos has a choice whether to eat those hamburgers and hot dogs, but he don't have to. But you know the blessing, Brother Santos, is whether you eat them or not, they'll still be there for you. And many of us have answered the invitation to God through salvation, but we don't like what's being served and we don't like the plan and the purpose that God has set for me and you. And you can choose to reject it as long as you want, and you can choose to want it your own way, and you can choose to contemplate am I gonna go to the carniceria and go buy me some asada and cook it myself? Thinking about that, I'm Brother Santos. Because I don't want hamburgers and hot dogs. But no matter what you do, the calling is still there for you, and the purpose of God is still there for you. But it's up to you to choose to eat, it's up to you to accept that invitation. As I shared earlier, the title of the message, your invitation, should you choose to accept it. That invitation is the calling of God in your life. That invitation is the plan and the purpose and the will of God for your life. But are you willing to accept it? Are you willing to trust God through it? Because another word says that he causes all things to work for good of those who love him. That word cause can also say to bring into labor with, to be a part in the labor. How many of you know that God is in this with you? He is the power. He is the strength. He is your peace through it all. He's not calling me and you to do this walk alone, but he's equipped me and you to do it. He's given us provisions to do it. To be that light in this world, to be the salt of the earth, to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, to be all that God has created you to be, but not only created you to be, but saved you to be. That purpose, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. You weren't just created just to be created. You weren't an accident. Even if your parents didn't plan you, you are still not an accident because God did. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a reason for you being here today and being alive today. And that is why he died for you. That is why he saved you. So you can walk and live in that calling and that purpose and that plan for you. To foreknow you is to have knowledge beforehand. Yes, I know many will talk about predestination. Predestination. Well, God, if you already knew I would be saved, then this is what my life was. No, but you still have a choice. We still have a choice. And there's many today that still have a choice whether to believe God or not. All I can do is share this message with you from this table. It's as if we're coming together at dinner table, at dinner time, or lunch time, and just having a talk. And just me sharing with you that God does have a plan for you. But are you going to be willing to accept that? Because he goes on to say in verse 29 For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. To be conformed is having the same form or to be similar. The image is to have a likeness. You know that in the be- in the beginning, Genesis, it says, let us create man in our image. To create man in our likeness, and that's what God did. But when you go on to read and you see the fall of man and Adam and Eve in that garden, there was a separation of God. And the next time you read that in Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, it says that they have a child after their image, after the image of man, after sinful man. Because every birth after that was now after not just the image of God, but the image of man, fallen man. But to come back to Christ, to come to Christ and to give your life to Jesus, now we are found to be back in the image of God, to be born again, to be conformed to the image, to be transformed, to be in the likeness of God and to be in the likeness of Christ. But how many of us know that doesn't come easy? Because there's a battle going on between us, between us and God in the flesh, because we don't want to be like Christ, because it's too hard. But see, that's the work that God is doing in this today. He's working everything out for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose who have accepted that invitation. But because you choose to accept that invitation, because you are the called and because you are choosing to believe God and that work that is being done in you, the reason why you're going through so much stuff, the reason why you're going through so much change, the reason why you're going through so much struggle is because the Lord is conforming you to be as the image of his son. It is the work of God, but it is the work of God that he is faithful to complete and to finish in your life. And the Bible says that he would be the first among brothers, amongst brethren. Amongst all those who put their faith in Christ Jesus today. You are no longer alone, but now you are part of the family of God. And we are a family in Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are no longer alone in the spiritual. We are no longer alone in the physical. We are all together in this. Because we are having to choose to believe God. So what you're going through today is just a work of God. But if you have chosen to accept that mission... If you have chosen to accept that invitation, then rest. be rest assured today. Have peace today and know that is just God doing a great work in your life today. And he is working out every situation. He is working everything out for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. You can trust the Lord today. It's not always comfortable. Doesn't always feel good. It's not always easy, but it's necessary. In verse 30 says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Because through it all, it says right there that we have all the provisions. Because in Christ we have been justified. There is righteousness. There is forgiveness. There is salvation. And because of Christ Jesus today, you can be right standing with God the Father today. Not because of what you have done, but because you believe in all that he has done for you. And you can believe and know that he will finish that work and he will work it all out for the good. And whether we see it on this side or we don't, that is not the question. The question is, do we want to see it in his presence for all eternity? Do we believe and know that no matter what, we will get to a place that we will be in the presence of God for all eternity? Because that's what it's all about. This life is only temporary. Enjoy the time you have. And walk in the joy of the Lord. Live in the joy of the Lord. Live in the joy of the salvation that me and you have today in the Lord today. But know that you're not alone. You have been grafted in. You are now part of the family of God. If you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today. We will make it. No matter what goes on today, tomorrow, what may come still, and what has gone on, we know that God can work it all out for the good. He causes it to work out for the good. But for those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose, you love God, you've accepted the invitation of His call then let him work out that purpose, his purpose in your life to bring him glory. Because it's your invitation should you choose to accept it. And I'm not saying this because you haven't accepted it. I'm saying this today because you've thought about leaving the party. I'm saying this because you've been resisting the call. I'm saying this because you started and then you went back. I'm saying this because you're rejecting his salvation. I'm saying this today to encourage you, keep going. Keep doing. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep walking and living in that plan and that purpose that he has for you. And keep knowing that he's going to work it all out for the good, Sister Laura. He's working it all out for the good. You can trust him on that. You just keep doing what God has called you to do. And maybe today all you've done is accept the invitation of salvation, but you haven't accepted the invitation of his plan and purpose for your life. Well, again, it's your invitation if you choose to accept it. I can't force you and I won't try to force you. I have to do it for myself. I have to continually, daily, do it for myself, daily, just as you do. Because trust me, I'd rather go watch Mission Impossible than watch them do it. But how many of us know that God wants you to do it? He wants you to live your life and allow that plan and purpose to be brought forth in your life. You're already living in it. Why not continue in it? and just know that He's faithful to bring you through. Amen? I'm going to close up right now with the first invitation of salvation. And what that invitation is is just an invitation of salvation of you putting your trust in the Lord if you don't know the Lord today. Where are you going today if you died today? Where is your hope today? Where is your peace today? Where is your structure and your foundation today? If you don't know the Lord today, and you're watching with us as well online today, you don't know the Lord, the first invitation is, if you'd like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, then today is a day of salvation. I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand. For those online, just feel free to join along with us today. Amen. looks like everybody in here believes. Praise God for that. But we're still going to say a prayer of salvation this morning. Amen, brother. Amen. The next invitation is, if you choose to accept it, is are you willing to accept the call of God in your life? And are you willing to accept that invitation to allow him to continue to do that work for his purpose in your life today? If that is you, then I would ask that you raise your hand today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to ask that we pray together this prayer. It's a prayer of salvation invitation, but it's also a prayer of accepting that calling to continue in that calling. And we're going to pray together this morning. If that is you, then it's just a prayer of faith that you believe it with your whole heart. This is between you and God, not between me. This is between you and God. But I'll tell you, what a blessing for us to do it together as a family of God, as the body of Christ. It is a beautiful thing. As I shared earlier this morning, it's such a beautiful thing. Something I read that how we look at the earth today and all creation and we, though it is falling and though it cries out and longs to be restored to its original state. But yet, even in a fallen world, we can look out and see all the beauty of creation of all of God's beauty today. Imagine the fullness of the restoration of how beautiful it would be. Well, that's me and you today in a fallen world, how we get to see the beauty of God, the love of God. And all those today who put their faith in Christ and a fallen world and imagine the great day of restoration when the Lord returns and reigns for all eternity when everything is restored to its natural state the way it's supposed to be how beautiful it even be greater than but doesn't mean we can't enjoy that beauty now